Brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. I am McLean McGowan, your host. Thank you always for showing up for yourself and for the other children, women, mothers in your lives. We are co-creating this space together, this community, a revolution in mind, body, and spirit. So thank you, thank you. This is a interview I'm really excited to share with my friend Emily Stanwick. We have so much to talk about, so it's a long episode, so I'm going to keep this intro brief. Um, One thing for all of you living here in California, those of you that have family members and loved ones here in California, please, 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 I have an ask of all of you to please listen to episode with Renette Sinem. It is episode number 106. And if you have not yet listened to it, please do. And my call to action is to please share with three people whose lives this may touch. It's called Waking the Bear with Governor 2022 candidate Renette Sinem. It's a great episode. Her story is fascinating. She is such a pioneer in all the ways. And we're really in a push now. The primary for governor is in June of 2022, just a couple months away. And Most people don't even know that we have a primary coming up. It's not being talked about widely in the news, um, but we got to get the man that's in power right now out. He has ruined the state in so many ways. So I don't necessarily want to be political. It's not my go-to, but we have a lot on the line. And a lot of us mamas are the ones standing up and demanding change. And it is a lot. It's a lot of energy. Uh, there's a lot of backlash, but we're doing it because we're doing it for our children and the seven generations moving forward. So please share that link with anyone in your sphere that could be voting. I really appreciate it. Thank you in advance. All right. I just did a card pull and per usual, allow what resonates to come into your sphere, that which does not to gently bounce off of your auric field back into the ethers from which it came. You can close your eyes if you'd like, settling into your body, checking in with yourself. Maybe it's the first time that you've actually slowed down today. Do a brief body scan. Notice how you are feeling. Where are you feeling constricted? Where are you feeling expanded? I pulled the card Goddess of Teowakan. She guards the waters of life. The ancient guardian mother protects the waters of life and offers her protection and blessing. Her appearance augurs a time of purification and cleansing, leading to enhanced fertility. You are a creator of new consciousness, a generator of positive energy as fuel for constructive outcomes. We need your vitalized being to keep nourishing the human collective with helpful alternatives to mainstream consciousness. You will be protected and supported at the deep level of soul in order to become the creator and custodian of a clean reservoir 
of consciousness from which souls thirsty for purity, relief, and love can drink. The ancient mother will help you to help her and the many creatures within her care. She will help you to be fearlessly inventive with your loving creations of healing consciousness. Consider very seriously the need to cut cords to negative or unhelpful influences in your life, whether they be habits, people, or forms of entertainment and media that threaten to distort the pure and wise use of your wild spirit and ignited mind. Whilst it is important that you engage with others, the sacred creator within you requires time and space and solitude to process, reflect, contemplate, and create. Only then can you remember who you are and what is important to you and summon the inner power to act accordingly. In that way, you will not become overly swayed by any lesser force, particularly mainstream consciousness that perpetuates victimizing thought patterns and behaviors. Give yourself a chance for spiritual, psychological, and emotional timeout and cleansing so that you can recognize the inner truth of your own soul and adhere to it faithfully. Sacred Mother has come to you in honor of the important work you have to accomplish as a creator of consciousness, a free thinker, and a seeker of truth. What original healing stories will you give birth to in your life in this world? If you've become dried up and depleted, the Divine Mother brings you nourishment. Let the inner well of your soul be filled with her presence and grace through deep rest and contemplation. Give yourself space and time for renewal and allow any overload of mind or nervous system to discharge into earth. If you have lost the zest for your passion or have become confused or overwhelmed, scattered with too many ideas or directions, you are in need of the spiritual cleansing which her blessing brings to you. The waters of your own consciousness must be safeguarded so that they can become a tonic for the souls of others. When you highly value your uniqueness and originality, you become willing to bear the uncertainty that accompanies absence of the familiar. Vigorously contest any who attempt to exploit, direct, or distort the true expression of your higher knowing. In contemplation, impure material separates from the truth and is filtered out of the soul. The purity of your truth, such a seemingly subtle quality, has an astonishing power to effect change. As you take time to allow purity to emerge from deeply restful, reflective meditation, your personal energy and spiritual potency grow. Your potential to be an influence in this world increases accordingly. However, so too does the interest of less noble creatures in exploiting that delicious divine power for their own nefarious purpose. Avoid such tragedy by refusing to entertain any person or idea that drains, depletes, or diminishes the quality of your consciousness. Be resolute and exacting. If it's not right, courageously and unapologetically cast it out. In your uncompromising defense of your most strange and beautiful ideas, uplifting truth and fierce loving wisdom, you will come to know what it feels like to be as a new world in and of yourself. You will feel like a being, like a planet in devotional orbit around a divine sun. Instead of contorting yourself to fit into the frustrated and grasping world of others, you will offer those seeking something more beautiful the opportunity of finding refuge within your world. Instead of being influenced, you become an influencer. Instead of trying to dominate others, you awaken within them the desire for their own higher nature. You affect healing, transformation without force. This is the way of yin power, the sacred water wisdom that cleanses the impure and creates new life without diminishing its life force. You have the opportunity to shift from stressful striving to more restful and abundant creation sourced from the depths of your being and silent, absorbing communion with the divine. 
It takes discipline and commitment to learn this new way of being, to recognize the essential need for time and space and contemplation to consciously create. It takes courage to refuse to bow down to the productivity pushers who aren't interested in authentic offerings that heal both through the process of their creation as well as in their final form. Instead, they just want more stuff to perpetuate conveyor belt consumerism for the genuine benefit of no one. Your refusals are sacred. They bring with them the thirst quenching waters of grace, bestowing freedom, well-being, and soul satisfying experiences of fulfillment. The healing process, say aloud. Divine Mother, please help humankind to understand and implement the best ways to protect the natural resources of this planet. May we use the creative power of our consciousness with wild, loving reverence for life, generating wise action, and purifying the waters of spiritual grace to restore all beings thirsty for truth. And so it is. Wow, what an appropriate card for today's interview. Emily and I could just chat for hours and hours. We have many topics that we love to talk about. Um, So I hope you enjoyed the listen. She's got a couple of great offerings coming up. And per usual, it's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you for showing up. Um, I see you. I love you. I hear you. J-Ma. Emily. Hi. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here with you. (laughs) Me too. Perfect person. I'd be texting anyway right now. I'm very <laughs> fired up today. So, yeah. you know, in perfect divine timing, this is our time for our chat. I know. Man, what a time. Well, what are you I, so fired up about? Well, you know, I was I was at the Defeat the Mandates on Sunday. Yes. And um, LA turned up. It was, I, know, I mean, it just gives me so chills. Cool. I just got chills. I gave myself chills just now. It was it was healing on so many levels that I'm still processing from the past two years. It was just so incredible because as a city, as you know, you're born and raised here. We Mm -hmm. do not um, generally turn up in masses. We don't. And um, to see that many people and, you know, to really witness that all of the mainstream narrative is so being used to separate and divide us. There's every color, every age, every socioeconomic, every political party. It was so beautiful and vaccinated, unvaccinated. Even the people up on the stage, vaccinated, unvaccinated, showing that this is a a much bigger issue. This is freedom Mm -hmm. of choice, period. No matter what you believe on this particular shot or subject, it is standing up that we are sovereign beings with choice of what goes into our body, what is taken out of our body. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this particular one may not bother you, but what's, what's next, what's the next, what's the next, what's 10 years down the line, you know? And if we don't stand up now, we're risking a lot. So I'm really happy to hear that. I still like see people online who are in LA or just like live in normal life now. And I get triggered. I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm really triggered this morning. That's why I'm fired up (laughs) (laughs) because I've been in this like glowy state for two days. And then this morning, just hearing some news and not from the television, but news just from um, insiders about some particular candidates. And um, I'm feeling just very fired up because now is like 
we can no longer be silent. And I have, you know, know. hundreds of women in my DMs, I'm sure you do too, that feel how we do and want to fight for freedom and don't want to lose business, don't want to lose friends, don't want to come out. And I get, I'm just really fired up about the hypocrisy of that. Um, I'm in all these different groups and they're all staying silent. And I think it's also the wellness community. It's the spiritual community here in Los Mm -hmm. Angeles. It's the PC-ness. Like we are in the belly of the beast here. Mm -hmm. Um, PC, not offending, you know, wearing our pastels and like (laughs) living in um, this place of you have your facade and then you have your truth. And it's just very frustrating to, you know, to be honest, because it's like, I know how all these women feel and I'm not going to out them. I'm not going to shame them. I'm not going to guilt them, but it's like, this is the hill. And a couple of us are putting a lot on the line, you know, I mean, oh yeah, I've lost a ton of business. Mm-hmm. for speaking just that everyone should be able to do what they want with their body. Like when did that, <laughs> like, I don't understand. So anyway, but instead of going into the dark, I'm just going to stay in the light and, you know, um, continue to speak my truth and live my truth as you do. And I, you know, we became close during 2020. Yeah. During the I know. Thank God for that. <laughs> Thank God. Because you know, it's so funny. And, and that is such a blessing of where new friendships have come during this yeah. time because we just, we knew each other. It's actually weird that we hadn't met before. I know. You know, I we think about met. that too. Yeah. Cause we have so many overlaps, but yeah. um, you really have, you know, I want to thank you because you really have been a place where I could speak my truth and be honest and not be judged. And um, as so many of my other relationships have just changed or evolved or dissolved, you know, my new sisters, it's been such a huge comfort to me, you know, we we live across the country now, but it doesn't matter. I know. Yeah. It's so nice. It's been, I I feel the same as you. And I I know so many people who don't say anything, Um, you know, like my mom, for example, we, um, I was going to go to a baby shower in LA and then the baby shower had like a vaccine, um, requirement. And I was like, it was a close family friend. My sister was going, my mom was going, my other sister was not going to fly in from DC for that. But, um, and then I, she said there was a vaccine thing and I was like, okay, cool. We'll like, enjoy your baby shower. I was not about to get pissed because I'm like, you know exactly how I feel. This friend follows me online. Like we're still friends. And I give her credit for that. Like I actually, I'm like, I'm really happy about that. And I've kept friendships with people who think like so differently than I do. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. That's what you're doing. Like, I'm not going to go to LA. Right. And my mom was very frustrated because her mom is my mom's friend. She's like, gosh, she's just so set in her ways. And, you know, it's just, gosh, I just, you know, it doesn't really make any sense. And I was like, have you said anything to her? Well, no, she's just set in her ways. And it's like, you know, I would never expect my mom to do that. My mom, you know, is not going to start those conversations with her friends. So that's just not the kind of person she is. And and, I'm like, that's okay. But I had to ask her, I'm like, are you going to say anything to her? Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, no. I said, okay, well, then don't be frustrated about it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I'm hard on my family because I can be, you know, and I'm like, I just need you all to know that you're perpetuating this. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. Um, and again, like, I don't want to shame them. I don't want to make them feel terrible. Like when my mom said, no, I'm not going to talk to her about it. I was like, okay, well then I'm not going to come to LA, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And then so, it's like just a non-starter. It's like, don't, let's not waste time kind of bitching discussing about it. it and being fr- Yeah. Bitching about it. It's like, you're either in or you're out, you know, of, of where you stand. And like, we can all give grace to those that feel differently, but it's like, it's, it's yeah. very challenging and very frustrating. Cause I'm just like, you know, you have to live in the world, like you said, in the light and in the world where they might come around. And we, we can be patient for that. Like I, I, I'm chilling, waiting yeah. for everyone to come around. Yeah. It's frustrating, but I know I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And more and more will. They already are. They are. I just think today what I'm feeling is just, well, I just have the, I'm feeling a pressure and I just have to release that to my connection to source, which I'm mm-hmm. going to do right now. <laughs> um, in California, time is of the essence because we have to get Renette on this primary ticket. And yeah. that is where I'm just feeling like, come on, women, come on, mothers. Like, this is the time. This is the hill. You're already in this fight, but now it's time to actually be vocalized. And I yeah. do truly believe that, yes, you're going to lose some business, but you're going to gain business. Because when Girl. I see those people that are speaking their truth, that's who I'm supporting. When I know what people really think and they're not speaking their truth, I'm not supporting that business. I and- remember my dad, when I started posting about COVID online, I don't know if I can say that here. <laughs> um, he was, I mean, it. I think it has really turned my dad's world upside down that I am on the polar opposite of him, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Um, but he was like, you gotta be careful what you say online. You're going to lose so much business. I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, well, we'll see, you know? And I initially did. Oh, and friends, a lot of friends, but not that Instagram followers are an indication of success because, but I just like that using it as like a metric. Yeah. It's a problem. You know, like of I had sort. like 4,000 Instagram followers two years ago. That took me seven years to build. Cause I was like, just messing around on Instagram at that point, Yeah, you know, up until 2020. And then now I have almost 9,000. I know you, you have skyrocketed in a, in like, I feel like a couple of like six months. And it's like, that is really cool. And it yeah. has brought me so much business. It's amazing. And I've just really realized like, I don't care anymore what people think if they don't want to work with me because of my opinions, I'm like, great. I don't want to work with you either. Right. It's the alignment. Yeah. And finding the aligned people. And so like fighting for California, again, fighting for freedom, fighting for choice. It is a hill to die on. You're going to probably lose more friends and more business, especially being in LA. But at the same time, you're going to find people. Yeah. More like you already have, but more people. Yeah. And um, I hope yeah. that can, uh, can. She's so incredible. Power through too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And anyway, it's just an interesting time. And I always really, because you're from California, you now live in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so ready to be back in Tennessee. I've been ready to be in Tennessee for many years. Yeah. And I'm in California Mm -hmm. and 
this lamb, you know, I always, I'm very specific now with my words because um, I've had so much anger and resentment and kind of feelings of being trapped here over the past yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's easy to blame California, right? Blame Californians. Mm-hmm. But I always want to make a d- very important distinction. It is not California. It is our corrupt leadership. This yeah. land is sacred. Every day when I drive out the PCH, this land is sacred. This is a vortex in the world. Like look at all the healers, light workers mm-hmm. that have always been drawn here. Mm-hmm. It's a special place. And I just really pray every day that we can reclaim it. We can get the right leaders to save it. And I do think that's Renette and we have to trust, right? It's like, this is all some weird journey we're on and we showed up to be here (laughs) and like, maybe it does have to go down to be rebuilt in some other way. You know, Mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't happen, but that might be it. I don't know. Yeah. You're ready for anything at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I miss California a lot and I, I really felt trapped. Um, and you know, we had thought about moving to Texas before everything went down in 2020. We had planned on it actually. And then what was so interesting was I found out I was pregnant in January of 2020 and I just had this, it wasn't a panic attack, but it was just like this intense, voice in my head saying, do not move to Texas. We were going to move in March of 2020. That was our plan. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We were planning on moving March of 2020. Now we hadn't really planned much. We were kind of just like, yeah, let's just go get an Airbnb and then find a place. Once we get there, we're just going to leave in March. Like we didn't have anything planned. And some voice in my head was like, don't go yet. This is not the right time. And it is not the right place. We were going to move to Austin. And, um, I told my husband like a week later, uh, and it was like mid January, we had like six weeks out of when we were going to leave. I told my husband, I was like, I can't move to Texas. He was like, what? We're leaving in like six weeks. <laughs> I was like, I, and I have really grown in my intuition, like listening to those thoughts And I was like, something is telling me to not move. Like, this is not the right place and it's not the right time. He was like, well, I'm not going to force you to leave. You know, part of leaving California at that point was financial. I was like, we just wanted financial freedom. We wanted to not rent anymore. We wanted to just be much more financially free. Yeah. He's like, we can live here for another year. Like, we're going to be fine financially, but like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Like Austin doesn't feel right. And right now doesn't feel right. Like there's something in me like right now is not the right time. And he's like, okay. And I had told all my clients and the gym where I was working, we're leaving in six weeks. Obviously I was still working, but like, we were kind of like counting down. And so I told everyone the next day, I was like, we're not moving anymore. And they're like, what? I was like, <laughs> I had like a going away party at the gym. Um, I was like, just kidding. We're not leaving. I was like, we're going to leave, but we're not leaving in six weeks. Um, and then everything happened March 15th. And I was like, whoa, that intuition was so strong, Mm -hmm. like pregnant. Had we moved March of 2020 to a new place where we didn't know anyone except my brother and sister-in-law, I would have had no job. So like moving was um, me having zero dollars, like, and starting fitness over there. Gyms were closed. Like everything. I was like, oh my God, thank God. Such protection. 
such protection. I kept my clients, all my clients transitioned to Zoom, FaceTime, and I still have them on Zoom. I'm like, yeah. So, um, moving. And also like huge that your husband really listened to you like that. Yeah. And didn't try to like override it with a thinking brain. Not at all. I was like, you know, I just feel comfortable now that I'm pregnant with my team, with the birth team, we know, like, yeah. I just, I don't feel right moving. And, and man, I'm so grateful we were in LA. I, I, I remember the point I was getting back to. I'm so grateful we were in LA during the first, mm-hmm. you know, from March, 2020 to January, 2021 is when we ultimately moved. I felt so trapped. I was so depressed and I felt like I had no friends. I re- and, you know, and that's when we became close, yeah. um, but like people, my sisters would be, my family really didn't talk to me because I was extremely emotionally, um, aggressive. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Um, (laughs) I love you. I was like snapping at people and my family got the worst of it, but I was just like, how are you not seeing what I'm seeing? Like, I don't understand how you guys are just like listening to me. Um, and I, I just want to say one thing. It's, it's hard to describe what going through this journey in Los Angeles was like, yeah. unless you were here. It, yeah. it just, it's like, I can't even describe it. I was trying to actually come up with the words this morning and I can't really describe it. No, it I was can't either. It was so totalitarian where yeah. surfers were getting a thousand dollar fines in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, it was it's absurd. Scary. It was absurd. Were closed. It was yeah. You know, we'd drive down to Huntington beach to go to the beach and it was like a different place and people were just out and about. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And you know, everyone would just be like, you know, I'd tell, I'd tell the guy who owned the gym I worked at, I was like, so when are you opening? And he's like, Oh, you know, I don't want, like we were on a main road and we were an indoor outdoor gym where it was very visible. And he's like, if we weren't so visible, like I'd totally have people train here, but like, we're so Mm -hmm. visible. I'm like, well, it's a good thing. I don't own this fucking gym. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. I'd be getting fines left and right, but I don't care. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah good thing. <laughs> um, I was just losing my mind. I was yeah. losing my mind and I was I pregnant, freaking out, like money gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the hardest part for me, like knowing we were going to ultimately leave. And like, <sighs> I lost so much income that year. Anyway, we're fine. We did fine. We made it, but yeah, there's no way to describe it. I felt very trapped and very depressed and, uh, I couldn't wait to leave, but we need people like you to stay, you know, and protect the, the magic of California. Um, cause it is, it is quickly going to going down the toilet if we don't save it yeah it's weird very weird and that's the thing is it's like and I don't know exactly how to inspire people but you know the thing is is and I know you know this too it's like when I feel like anything I'm sharing isn't making sense I get a dm from my mom that Mm -hmm. says you changed my life and you change the trajectory for my kid. And that that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Cause God knows I've lost a lot totally. <laughs> speaking my truth. And mm-hmm. you know, it's so interesting too. Cause I think people can always judge. Cause I do too. Like 
well, she can, she can do that. She can say that she can speak her truth because she doesn't have this on the line. She doesn't have that on. And like, I just want to say like, I got a lot on the line that maybe Mm -hmm. I don't share, but like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that I, you know, that we all do. And so I just, I really urge anyone listening, however big or small it feels, you just, one thing you can say, one thing you can share has the capacity to change another person's life for the better. And like that time is now we got to step up. I actually have a really cool story. I, um, so I went to a private school in Pasadena. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm from the prep town of Pasadena. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> um, beautiful. It is really beautiful. I loved growing up there. And I went to a school from the same school from pre-K to 12th grade. So from wow. four to 18, I was at the same school. Like when I tell people that going to college was the first time I went to a different school, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. I went to one of those kinds of schools and I know. And so my graduating class had 88 people and like 30 of them, maybe even, yeah, 35 or or maybe even closer to 40 had been there since kindergarten. So I was there since pre-K. There were probably like 18 or 20 who were still there from pre-K and maybe 35 to 40 who were there from kindergarten. So like, I've known these people my entire life. And then we got more students in sixth grade and then more students in ninth grade. So I've known these people for so long. And um, I was like life of the party in high school. You know, I was like shy. I was a really, really good kid. Like I didn't, did not party. It didn't do anything bad, uh, bad quote unquote, mm-hmm. but I had fun. I had a great social life. I, you know, I socialized with the Pasadena, you know, debutante crew. And I like, love that life. And then, you know, ever since leaving college, um, my life has really changed. I, I didn't do what everyone from Pasadena does, which is go corporate or do like a startup. Mm-hmm. I worked at a gym mm-hmm. and, um, and then I worked at Lululemon. I worked retail <laughs> and, um, I loved it, but obviously I've grown apart from my friends, but we always stayed in touch. You know, we would do something over the holidays or I would chat with them and text with them. And then when this all went down and I started sharing my voice, they would, they would respond to my Instagram sort of like, how can you say this? Like, how can you not believe, like, how can you just throw away the science? Like, are like, what's wrong with you? You know, people, I mean, they would attack me daily and I would have no problem responding to them and being like, listen to yourself. Like (laughs) this is what's going on. Um, and, and they've all stopped talking to me and I don't talk to anyone from, from that group of friends anymore that I've known since I was four years old. Um, but they all still follow me online. Okay. Some of them don't, some of them have blocked me and unfollowed me, whatever, but (laughs) yeah, that was the intro to the story. A couple months ago, one of those girls who I actually have, she was the only one who I've like would still chat with on Instagram. I'd respond to her stories and stuff. Um, and she would respond back to me like no big deal. And she, she texted me one day and goes, I just want to apologize for everything you've gone through over since COVID started. She's like, I have really been listening to what you're saying and what other people are saying. And then I listened to the Robert Malone podcast and I listened to the Peter McCullough podcast. And she's like, I am really realizing like, holy shit. Like, I think what you've been saying all along is right. And she's like, I don't want to get the booster. And I told that to 
our friends, my former friends, and they, they fully attacked me. And she's like, and and I can't believe they did that to me because we're so, I mean, they are so close. Like they're all best friends. They hang out all the time. She's like, I, I can't imagine what you went through. And I just, I'm just so proud of you for standing up for yourself. I was like, Oh my God. And she's like, I, I just want to apologize for my part in that. I was like, first of all, I've, I haven't felt any of that, like anger or hatred from you at all. I just want you to know that. Like, I feel like we, I, you're yeah. the only one who I'm still cool with. Um, I was like, so it's not on you at all. She's like, okay, that makes me feel better. And I was just like, you know what? It's obviously you're in a difficult, much more difficult position than I am because you're so much closer with those friends, but you have to stick to it. Don't succumb to peer pressure on this. I was like, you have to draw a line. Your line has to be okay with your friends. And if it's not, they're not your friends. And that is what I've learned. She was like, oh my God, I can't even imagine like having to like, you know, tell them that I'm not going to have a vaccine requirement at my wedding because we're not going to, and they're going to lose their minds. I was like, yeah, you're going to have to deal with that. But it was so nice to hear that because I was like, you know what? That made this whole thing worth it. That one message from a friend who I've known since I was four years old. Totally. It It totally does. It was so confirming that we're doing at least to us what is right. Exactly. I'd like to introduce you to a brand that I'm working with called Bamboobies, which is your one-stop shop for postpartum boobs. They've got awesome nursing bras made out of eco-friendly bamboo rayon, that really soft bralette material. It has a little clip down so you can easily nurse out in public without having to pull your entire shirt up. I love these. They come in lots of cute colors. They also have these great washable, reusable nursing pads, which come in different absorbency levels, which I think is so smart. So depending on where you are in your day, knowing your milk flow, you might need different absorbency levels. And those are great because you can reuse them. They're not those throwaway ones that also don't feel good on your boobs. They have a great nipple balm, which is totally organic, meaning you don't have to wipe it off to feed baby. It's made of extra virgin olive oil, beeswax, shea butter, marshmallow root, and calendula flower. It's really light. I've been using it on my hands. I really like it. It feels good. This is just great to have. Nipple balm is a must for nursing mamas. Must, must, must. Have a couple. Throw them around different places in your house. Have one in the diaper bag. Have one in your purse. Keep one in your car. Never enough nipple balm. Then they also have a great all-purpose balm you can use on your skin, your hands, your boobs, your body, baby balm. Um, Also great ingredients. And then they have a couple of really cool drink options. They have a lactation support, which they come these cute little packets, really easy to keep in your purse which can be added to nut milk, milk, water, smoothies. And it has a lot of fenugreek in it, which is one of the main galactagogues that we use to up milk production. So highly recommend that. And then they also have a morning sickness relief drink, which I really wish I'd had this with my first pregnancy when I was morning sick all day long, every day for seven months. This is ginger lemon and you just add it right into water and it looks so yummy. It tastes so good. So easy to use. So um, I highly recommend checking these products out if you are an expectant mama or looking for any postpartum gifts for women in your life that you love. Check these out. I have a code for you. It's capital M-T-M, which stands for Mother the Mother, capital M-T-M, which gets you 25% off site-wide. So if you're looking to add your postpartum toolkit, check Bamboobies out. I think that is 
the biggest thing. And it's so beautiful. Like how beautiful that she took the time to, to say that and share that. And also it's so telling that they all still follow you because I know. there's something in- I'm like, oh, they're all talking mad <laughs> shit about me. I knew it. Yeah, but there's something in their consciousness that is connected. I know. You know what I mean? Whether they hate or not, because the tribalism is so real. It's so just fascinating because it's like, I wouldn't shame and like block and not be friends with people that chose a different cancer treatment than I deem correct for them. You know what I mean? It's just anyway, so bizarre. And so bizarre. It's the world that we're living in. And um, all we can do is speak our truth because I, you know, I believe what I believe and I'm willing to risk getting sick and having my immune system fight for me or whatever the thing is, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, we do have a lot on the line. Yeah. Like we have our life on the line. You could, Mm. I mean, really like I could lose my whole Instagram and I know this sounds so petty, but like that would, that would be a lot for me, you know, because that is, yeah, my whole business is online. Um, but I still talk anyway. Yeah. Cause I can't not, I, I have an addiction right. problem to this narrative. Right. Um, right. but it is nothing has ever felt more fulfilling than this besides having my kids. Which, and you're such a powerful speaker and I, I love your just, you know, don't give a fuck attitude. I do think it's really beautiful just how your husband is you know, align because that, that is a big issue for a lot mm-hmm. of us, you know, mm-hmm. just maybe sharing different views with our partners um, and navigating that. But I think it is hard. And also you do a really great job in sh- what you share. So thank you. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for the community and I am grateful for my husband. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have such amazing new friends in so many ways. Yeah. Totally. Um, and even running into friends at the, um, the mandates like that I know from completely different parts. I've been in LA almost 20 years mm-hmm. and it's like, I ran into a friend and we've known each other since I've moved here at 27. And, you know, he was like a rock star and it just, it's so funny. It's like how just yeah. these things wind in and out and like um, being I'm appreciating so many different parts of the people in my lives from the place of freedom. I know. And even my kind of like redneck uncle who's now no longer living and who a lot of, I mean, I love so much. um, But like just looking back and like all of my ideals as like a high schooler and like, you know, (laughs) all of these things, you know, we would chat about like I did not understand his viewpoint. Oh, yeah. And now I just like, I'm like hanging with these people, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I really appreciate him in such Mm -hmm. a different way. Mm -hmm. And like, even from the other side, like, how can I connect with him? You know, it's it's been really interesting. Totally. Totally. So I want to get into birth because you are a birth advocate, you're a birth doula, Mm -hmm. you're a birth educator. And, um, what got you onto the more, I'm going to say, quote unquote, alternative birth journey. Cause you get, oh. you get two home births. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is not the norm. No, not the norm at all. That is a great question. Okay. So I, um, I have literally been fascinated with pregnancy and birth and babies since I can remember since I was a very little girl, always been drawn to it. And like, 
when I knew how to use the TV by myself, I would watch a baby story on TLC. Remember that show? No. Oh, okay. I'm, it was, I'm a lot older than you. How old are you again? <laughs> I'm 30, almost 33. Oh my gosh. You're the same age as my baby. husband. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll ask my husband. Oh my God. Do you remember that? He goes, Emily, I'm 49. No, I don't. <laughs> um, anyway, it was like a birth show on mm-hmm. that, that channel TLC. And it was only hospital births. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. You I know. That. <laughs> oh, I was obsessed with it. My sister would be like, please turn this off. Um, but I, I couldn't, I was, I was completely obsessed with it. I was so fascinated with birth and babies. And I knew I always wanted to be a mom. And, um, in 2011 is when I graduated college and instead of going corporate route, I told my parents, like I had a friend from college who was the man who, owns my former gym. And I said, I want to work at a gym. And my parents were like, okay, now's the time you can live at home. And I think they were thinking like, okay, like this is going to last three months. It was the very end of the recession. (laughs) You know, it was the very end of the recession. And so jobs were still like harder to come by as a new college graduate. Um, Mm -hmm. so they, they got it. Yeah. I was like, I, I want to be in sports. Like, I don't want to be in an office, I had an internship after college. And I was like, well, this is my literal nightmare. Um, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> and so I got a job at a gym, you know, this has nothing to do with birth, but it does got a job at the gym. And that is where my eyes were opened to a world. I had no exposure to before, which was health and wellness in a very real way, not like PE or college sports. College sports doesn't care about your overall well-being. They care about winning. Mm. I was a rower at USD for only one year. And then I did club volleyball. So I was NCAA division one sport for one year. And then uh, I was almost failing out of school. So I quit. And um, long story short, I got to the gym. I started seeing, I started really opening my eyes to like, wow, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to help people. I want to be like a trainer. Like I always had that in me. I just wanted to do it. So that was, I was, it was my obsession. I worked out twice a day. I I learned the ins and outs of working at a CrossFit gym, which is very different from like a Globo gym. It's much more community oriented, much more wellness focused, very much, um, a, a gathering place, mm-hmm. um, which I had had no exposure to outside of school and sports in a very real world way. And what I loved so much about it was that I was hanging out with people of all different ages. Like my husband, that's where we met. We met at that mm-hmm. gym. He interviewed me. He was the manager and I oh, interviewed wow. to be the intern there. Um, wow. yeah, we're 16 years apart, but like hanging out together with him and his friends, like wasn't weird because yeah. it was a like-minded community. And I was yeah. like, Oh, it's a tribe. It really seems like it. It, And back then it was so much fun. It was so awesome. And like, it was, you know, Michael and I reminisce on that time. Like it was one of the best times of our life, like so much fun. Um, and that's where I met Lindsay Matthews also Mm -hmm. because Logan who owns now the gym that I used to work out, she and him were together. And, um, I would listen to her talk about training pregnant women. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's a thing too. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're now we're, we're, I have this childhood obsession that's always been in me and in my heart. And I love so much. And then this newfound obsession, I've always been an athlete, but like, I want to train people in a way that I never knew existed. Mm-hmm. And I can do that. To, I can combine the two. I can be a 
pregnancy trainer. And I would learn from Lindsay, talk to her. And ultimately I was just like, I'm going to just follow you around and practice. Like I want to do this. And she was like, okay. And she helped me get private training clients. I charged like $25 an hour, which in LA is freaking nothing. Um, parking's more than that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, um, and I just started to learn from her. And then one day she was like, Hey, have you ever thought about being a doula? And I was like, what's a doula? And she explained what it was to me. And for those of you who don't know, it's like a support person in the birth space, a birth doula, um, who's basically back then she phrased it as like a coach, like a coach for labor and delivery. And, and you're just there for support. I was like, Oh my God, I can be in the place where babies are born. Like I was like, I am meant for this. <laughs> Cause you know, I'm obsessed with pregnancy. And yeah. Birth. And, um, I was just like, I always knew that if I wanted to go to medical school, I'd be an OBGYN always. I was like, I wish I could do that, but school was not for me. Like I was not good at school. And I thought of medical school as again, nightmare. And I was like, what a shame. I'm not going to be able to, I had no idea like midwives and doulas birthing. Then she's explaining. Then I take my doula training course at, um, uh, beanie birth in Sherman Oaks. And this is in 2014. And, um, and then I had my first birth with a, with a friend of mine and, uh, it was at a hospital and I've never liked hospitals, but I never knew anything besides giving birth in a hospital. And I was just like, Whoa, this was, it was bad. (laughs) Like it was bad. It went from, you know, it went cascade of interventions ended in a C-section. She was like panicking. The dad was panicked. And I had no idea what I was doing back then. I was just kind of like holding her hand and the dad's like, she's going to die. Like he's freaking out. And the nurses are like, he's, she's not going to die. We need you to calm down. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? This is crazy. This is not like what they show in a baby story. This is not true at all. No. And then I just, I don't know where or when I started learning about home births, but it was right around that time. And I, I was like, Oh, people do that. Like people give birth at home. Like that sounds so much better. Like, and I literally just decided at some point in that first year of being a doula, like I'm going to give birth at home, obviously like being, I hate being in hospitals. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there, I just really just continue to be a sponge And when it came my time to give birth, you know, when my husband and I started dating was right around the time I had my doula training actually. Um, and he was so curious. He would ask so many questions. And then, you know, I told him once we, once we were serious, I was like, by the way, we're having a home birth. And he was like, okay, if you feel safe with that, that's cool with me. He's like, tell me more. I want to learn, but like, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, sounds nice, kind of scary, but you know, there's hospitals everywhere here. And, uh, that was great. Cause I didn't have to really convince him at all. He was yeah. on board. We never even went to one OB. That's amazing. Um, Cause yeah. a lot of times that's like such an added thing that we have to go through I know. Like getting our husbands on board and, yes. you, you know, it's such a frustrating thing in our society that it's like, this is our business. <laughs> like we should just be able to lead. Like the mother should just, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, apply to everything, but like, mm-hmm. really, like we should just start with the mothers. What are the, what does the mom want? Yeah. Start from there. Yeah. And he really got it. And then his sister gave birth again, early in our dating years. And it was at a hospital and it was not a bad birth. He would be texting me like, why won't they let her eat? He's in the waiting room. Why aren't they letting her eat? What's going on? Can you tell me what this, I just heard them say this. And I, and I was like, oh, he's so on board with the whole birth. Totally. And, um, and 
when I had my time, once I was pregnant, I just had this like total confidence and I've always been a self-confident person. I'm very tall. So I attribute a lot of my self-confidence to my height. Um, and I just knew that it was going to be fine. I just knew I was like, this feels right. I got a referral from my midwives, loved them immediately, had one consultation with them. They were the first people I met. I said, cool. I like you. We're doing it. Didn't meet with any other midwives. I just needed to like not dwell on things. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And, um, I didn't have any ultrasounds until 20 weeks. It was my first. And, and I, at that time, I wasn't even like anti ultrasound. That's not what it was for me. It was literally like, I don't want to go to a doctor's office and wait in a waiting room. I was like, they heard the heartbeat at 12 weeks with the Doppler. And I was like, why do I like, I don't need an ultrasound. I'm going to do the 20 week scan and that's it. And people were like, what? Yeah. And again, it wasn't this like, you know, now more and more we learn about ultrasounds and the EMF exposure and just like what you could potentially be doing to your baby. Like, I didn't know about any of that stuff. Something was just like, nah, you don't need it. And I just had this like inner knowing, like, and at that time I was gaining more like intuition on like, oh yeah, like a female centered birth experience is how it should be. Like you said, letting the mom choose everything and just feel like this doesn't need to be a medicalized situation. I'm like, I'm literally doing nothing. My body is growing a baby. Like, why do we need to monitor that? It's clearly growing. I can feel it. It's kicking me. It's there. We're good. Yeah, we're good. (laughs) And, um, I just had that in me and it just, I know, and it, you know, I attribute that a lot to my education and and that being in those like-minded communities. And I, obviously I was working with a lot of moms in LA home birth is more common in LA. Yeah. Hearing terrible stories of women who birthed in the hospital, going to terrible births and just really being like, I would never do that. Never do that. Never do that. Never do that. All those never things were in hospital. Mm. And I was like, well, this just solidifies my choice even more. No questions asked. I did want to just say one thing. Like, I feel like part of this inner trust in our bodies is often with people that have relationship with your, their bodies. And you were a professional athlete Mm -hmm. and you knew you had tested your body to such extremes yeah. for most of us. Oh yeah. That you knew you could do that. And I think that mm-hmm. is a big part of it. It's like, we kind of are, most of us in general population, we don't have a great connection with our bodies, any sense of pain, we run away from it or we medicate it. Mm-hmm. And so of course, going into something as, you know, chronically perpetrated as horrible and painful, like, of course we don't want to like walk into that, right? Mm-hmm. Because we aren't, we haven't been training. Exactly. But I think when you know your body and you've spent your life trusting your body and feeding it well and exercising and all of that, like you're way more prepared because birth is a marathon. Yes. From, yeah, I didn't mention from, uh, 2014. So I had my doula and birth stuff, which was very, very new, not a really like promising business at that point, but I was very excited about it. 2014 to 2017, I was training extreme strength sports. Um, I was doing strongman. So I started in CrossFit and then I found the sport of strongman, which is literally like you watch world's strongest man. That's the stuff I was doing. I wasn't lifting as heavy as those dudes were, but lifting tires, stones, logs, 
pulling shit. Oh yeah. I, I don't do it anymore because it like wrecked my body, but that mm. is exactly like what you said. Like mm. I knew that I could lift a 550 pound yoke on my back and carry it. Of course wow. I can push out a baby. Yeah. And in one of my competitions, there was a, uh, an event where the car is in neutral and you're pulling it. It was a, a dump truck, a full-size dump truck. Oh my God. And I won, and I won the whole thing. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I can do that. No problem. And it's exactly wow. it. I had tested my body to the absolute max and I felt pain and I knew how to work yeah. through pain. I knew how to heal from pain. Like I was like, yeah, pushing out a baby is going to rock my world in a way that I have no idea, but like, I'm not afraid. Exactly. I'm yeah. not afraid of pain. Yeah. I have met I have met the limits of my body. And again, like not every woman needs to do a strong man right. to be yeah. able to have a baby, of course. Yeah. But um, it is, it is changing your relationship with pain. Yeah. And it's, it's not, we have such a negative association with pain. And that, that was a p- whole part of the birth movement too, is to not use the word pain. Like it's right. challenging intensity. or to surge, intensity and like, that works for a lot of people. Like use whatever words you need to for yourself. But for me, I was like, this is pain. And I'm not going to call it a different word. Doesn't negate what it feels like to me. So I'm just going to call it pain, but it's so interesting because just looping back to the physical going through pain is with my second, which I did get the home birth that I wanted that I'd kind of wanted with my birth center first birth that it was hospital transfer in between. I ran a marathon injured with a bad knee because I, I didn't train properly because I'm not a runner. And I was just like, I'm going to fucking do the LA marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I did it and I ran it injured. And that I used during transition, yes. my second birth. I couldn't talk. I couldn't open my eyes. I was on another planet. And I just kept remembering, remember how painful that was. You did that and you can do this. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like that mentally got me in the game. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And really just like, it's so, I mean, it's crazy and not to me that like what we're talking about, about, you know, childbirth, like just that's what it is outside the hospital. It's no big deal. And like to us, it's like, that's just what you do. But like, it's, it's crazy that that is like a fringe conversation. Like your body is designed to do this. Yes. We're grateful for Western medicine when we need it, when there is an emergency or when, you know, you need to transfer, but this, you know, this, like, how did you get into the world of holistic birth questions? I love it because it's like, we got to be asking people the opposite question. Like, why are you medicalizing your birth? (laughs) Exactly. You know, like, tell me why, why are you giving birth in a hospital? Well, I'm afraid of what if something happens? I go, what if everything goes right outside of the hospital? You're much more likely for everything to go perfectly than for Mm -hmm. it to go wrong. Uh, yes. And I think that's such an underlying point. It's like, why are we starting in the negative mind? Yes. Period. Because guess what? We know that generally leads to negative outcomes mm-hmm. or interventions and not because it's, you're already not trusting your body. Yeah. Some people sometimes will ask me, Oh, well, what do you, what did you do when family members or close friends would like question your decision? I was like, they never did. And they're like, yeah, really? you owned it. I was like, I owned it. And I had such a thick barrier of like, Mm -hmm. do not question me ultimate confidence because I knew it was the right choice. Like 
if you know it's the right choice, no one's going to question you. They might be like, I'm worried. And you'd be like, great. You can take that worry and go sit with that for the next six months. Don't, don't bring that to me. You hear some PDFs. Here's some videos you can watch. You go be worried. I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, and it's really just like really owning it. And I, you know, I used to advocate for, choice when it comes to your birth space. And I still do, but I more advocate for out of hospital birth. Mm-hmm. I don't advocate for hospital birth. I advocate for what, where a woman feels most safe. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you know how safe you can be at home. Yeah. Cause I advocate for out of hospital care because it is safer. It is. I want to introduce you all to a new healing frequency device that I'm using called the Healy. That is H-E-A-L-Y. It is a little device. It's the size of a credit card and it has the potential to heal in ways that I did not even know were possible. If any of you have ever been to a sound bath and received sound healing, you know that it is based on frequency. Life The way we connect to the world, we are energies, right? All of us. And with energy comes frequency. So the Healy offers hundreds of programs of frequency, depending on what you're working on within your own body, within your own mind, within your own heart. And depending on which device that you buy, the professional, for instance, you're able to scan other people. You're able to analyze what each person, body, soul, mind needs, and then fill in the correct program for that need. So for any of you that want to use this professionally, you can use it on clients, you can distance heal, you can use it on your pets, you can use it on your children, your family members. Um, I've been using it daily, at least once, sometimes more than once. And quite literally, it has changed my life. Things are opening and elevating in ways that I am completely astounded by each and every day. It is working in the quantum. It is stepping outside of our linear 3D box and expanding, opening up to a whole other portal. So if you're interested, I would love to chat with you about it. Since it is frequency, it is not just shared via emails or text. It really needs to be shared energetically. So please DM me. I'm happy to chat about it and share all that I know. I am learning. It's a whole new world, but quite literally in one use, I felt different. I felt that I was able to crack parts of myself that I was so ready to release. I stepped into a new timeline. So if you're wanting a new level of healing, if you're ready to expand, if you're ready to level up in a whole new way, please check out the Healy. It's fascinating. I mean, we could talk for literally days about all of this. And I think that's such an interesting and really important thing to drive home to people. If you are in your sovereignty, you're not asking for people to agree with you. You're not asking, you're not trying to convince you are standing in your truth of what you believe for your own body and other people's opinions are their opinions, period. Like it's not, yeah, it's, it's like, we have to quit waiting for the green light from other people like we have to give ourselves the green light and oh, that's yeah. it and just do that and people are gonna say stuff like I did get a few comments 
And I remember one in one specifically was for my sister and it didn't upset me. Um, cause I knew it was coming from a place of love and caring, but my sister was like, Emily, I just like our, our mutual friend, um, you know, just told me the story about her friend who had a home birth and the baby died because the midwife, you know, made a mistake. I was like, I'm so sorry for their family. They should have hired a different midwife. I'm like, why the fuck would you tell me that? Yeah. Like, and I knew where it was coming from, but that's literally all I said. I said, I'm so sorry for that family. And they, they, that was the wrong midwife. Like mm. it's not the birthplace. Right. Yes. There, uh, there is malpractice everywhere and you're not going to know until you know, and that's the risk that everyone takes regardless of where you give birth. Like this living in fear yeah. is not serving anyone. And it's, and it's that kind of text could rock someone who is not as confident as I was, you know, yeah. they could. And like the fact that people send those text messages is so insane to me. Cause I'm like, why don't you investigate the atrocities that happen in the hospital and tell that to all of your friends? I know. It's not what's accepted yeah. because there's, there's excuses because the doctors always have excuses. Right. Yes. And also we have to own that bringing a soul forward, giving birth, there is death and birth. And that is oh, a yeah. really hard pill to swallow. And mm -hmm. we don't want to look at that. And it's the actual truth. Yes. And you know, it happened for thousands of years thousands. and you know, it is a thing. And there's, there's one other point I was going to make about there are shitty midwives and shitty doulas. Yeah. Like that's why and this is what I love about how you educate too. It's like, we have to empower ourselves. We have to do our research, but more than anything, trust our intuition and do the work, do the inner work. That's why I always say pregnancy is an opportunity for spiritual growth, mm -hmm. massive spiritual awakening, like fast track, because yeah. you can have quote unquote, the perfect team. You can hire the best of your city or whatever. They are not birthing your baby. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes down to you. And if you're not really owning that, you need to look at that. You'll love this McLean. I, you obviously, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, what the spiritual psychology school at USM is. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I found out that I was pregnant with my son on the very first USM weekend of the 10 month course. Wow. So, yeah. So I had weekend one, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday on Sunday. I took a pregnancy test on our lunch break and I found out I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. And I announced it to the whole class. My husband's like, we're not going to tell anyone for 12 <laughs> weeks. Right. I was like, yeah, we're not going to tell anyone for 12 weeks. I, I go back after the lunch break. I, I stand up. I was like, I just found out I was pregnant to 400 people. Like, um, <laughs> but it was the most amazing experience I had done landmark years mm -hmm. prior and I had done like three landmark courses and then my husband did USM and then he's like I really want you to do USM before we have kids like I want to be really wow. like online I, I love know. that yeah it was awesome and um so I did it and so every month I had a three-day intensive spiritual how do I even describe wow. it like <clears throat> like smack in the face <laughs> Um, where I really confronted so much of my stories and who I was, how I grew up, my relationships. Um, I facilitated a lot of people. So the, the, the purpose of this course is you come out of this able to facilitate these kinds of conversations. Like it used to be a master's program, but whoever 
owns master's programs in the state of California has no longer deemed that worthy of a master's yeah. degree. You just get a certificate. So dumb. Yeah. Um, they basically said, you aren't doing enough homework for this to be considered a master's degree. It's like, what? So I have my master's in spiritual psychology. Um, awesome. But I just went to that school too. It, you should, you should. It's so, I mean, yeah. I don't know how like woke it is right cool. now, but well, whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I had a spiritual smack in the face every month for like 36 hours straight. And, and I was pregnant at the same time. I gave birth three weeks, three and a half weeks before our graduation weekend. And it was just this incredible journey where I really did so much, so much deep work. And I was so freaking chill. Like I had zero anxiety. I mean, zero, zero, zero. I was not worried about a thing. You know, there were like little things here and there, but when it came to like birth and I contemplating stillborn babies, I contemplating my child dying. And like, how would I handle that? Like, how would I handle these horrible Mm -hmm. things? How would I handle the best thing possible happening? And I really just released a lot of my people-pleasing tendencies that that was a big 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 story of mine um which has served you me have well. blown that one out of the water served me well. I love you <laughs> um but like that was a big part of it and anyway you're so right like you have to do the work you can't just blissfully go into you can't be blissfully ignorant going into your birth and being like I'm gonna go for natural see how it goes and I'm yeah. like well, that might work out. Yeah. Usually doesn't. Usually doesn't. I'm not going to put money on that if I had to put yeah. money on it. I feel like a, sh- a terrible person that I, I can call who's going to have yeah. a C-section or same. Not. I mean, same. If you're in this world, you, you know, you know, and it's, you know, I, I wanted to be more, or I was more neutral. You know, I've been doing postpartum delivery. I mean, for 10 years, a decade. And I was way more neutral because that's also how we were taught. You are yes. there to serve mm-hmm. the client, the person. They are on their own journey, which is true. They yes. are on their journey. They have soul contracts with the soul, with their family, with their partner that I have no, I'm not privy to, and I don't need to know. I don't mm-hmm. want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that of like, yes, women have their own journey to go through to get them to their next part of their life journey. And also there's so much just negligence and the birth industrial complex and all of that. So like, that's where kind of where we're coming from is like just helping women educate themselves because this stuff isn't being shared. So it's like, we want to share these things so that you can make informed consent and decisions that are like based in actual reality, not just like what we think is reality. Um, But it's tricky. And so the longer I've been in this too, which I think, you know, I won't speak for you, but it seems like you're kind of on this track too, is like, we also want to save women from suffering. Like, I don't want to just be tending the wounded. Like, I don't want to just be dealing with like war victims of women postpartum that have gone through all this trauma. If it could have been prevented in the first place. So, so, you know, and it's just, and it's a tricky line to walk, but the longer that I've been doing this, that's where the speaking the truth comes more and more into play too, because we are living in a society where we don't have our elders. We don't have our older sisters. We don't have that vibe going, girl, shut your mouth, listen to what I'm going to say. We don't have that. That is not in our culture. And so I think 
we actually are able to be so much more of service as that. Like, look, I've gone through this shit and I'm just going to tell you what I learned. So maybe it can serve you. I have such a relatable story every um, month at the chiropractic office here in New Braunfels. If you're in New Braunfels, it's called Willow House. Um, there was a woman and she was on the verge of tears. She was like 15 weeks pregnant when we had this conversation. I do a support group every month. It's free. Um, she was like, I have accepted, um, I have accepted a hospital birth. And I say, oh, um, can I ask you why you said it like that? And she goes, well, my husband doesn't feel safe having a home birth. And so I've just really accepted his, you know, fears and anxiety about this. And I'm, I'm starting to get on board with it. I go, oh, um, okay. Um, does your husband know anything about home births? And she was like, no, I said, okay. Um, I'm just going to be totally upfront with you. I'm a really blunt person. And so the, the other woman who works at the Cairo office, like knows me and she, I can see her kind of being like, <laughs> Emily, what are you about to say? <laughs> and I know I'm a very blunt person, but I, I, I'm a tough love person. Um, fuck that. And she just starts <laughs> laughing. I was like, sorry, no, we're not accepting your husband's fears and you're not resigning. That is what you're doing. You are resigning to a hospital mm. birth. I said, do you want to have a hospital birth? She's like, I don't. I said, well, then you're not going to. And I literally was like, we're not going to do that. And I will make sure your husband is on board with a home birth because mm. fuck that. And she was like, really? I was like, <laughs> how would you like, no, I was like, and then I got, you know, my statistics. I said, I started reading. I was like, this is literally all a person with a brain needs to read to be like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. And that's exactly my thought, McLean is like, I used to just be very neutral and I support your choice. And what I learned from USM was rather than like immediately share my opinions, which I will from time to time, but I'm like, hey, can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Why did you say it like that? do you want to have a hospital over, you know, and they, they're, they're like realizing what they're saying. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to snap you out of this, this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and another woman was like, um, I told my husband, I've been thinking about having an out of hospital birth. And, and he said, well, that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. And I was like, oh. I was like, I'm so sorry. I said, I, I, I don't think your husband is an asshole because you're married to him and you're so kind. Um, but that's a really shitty thing to have heard. I'm so sorry. And she was like, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, you know, that that doesn't matter. Right. Like that doesn't matter. And, um, she's like, can you talk to him? I was like, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And he, amazing. He, um, I, I knew he was just afraid. You know, I was like, I know your husband's not an asshole. And, and that was just an emotional reaction. And I'm sorry that that came out on you. Um, but he's just afraid. And I, we went over all the things. And then finally at the end of our meeting, he goes, well, it's her choice. It is her choice. I'll, nice. I'll do what she wants. I was like, okay. And then we left and she texted me and was like, he's not open to it but he's not, not open to it. I was like, great. And then they met with the midwife and he's like, and she was like, I think the only thing standing in our way right now is insurance. I said, do you know if your insurance covers midwifery? She's like, I don't know. I said, good. Call your insurance company tomorrow. Mm -hmm. She calls her insurance company. She texts me. Oh my God, my insurance covers birth centers. I was like, 
Boom. Let's go. Amazing. Um, and you're, that's, so, that's so powerful, you know, just that you offer that because you're willing to be disliked. Oh, you're willing, yeah. You know, to say something and they can choose or not choose to listen to you, mm-hmm. but to offer that. And I also think that's such a beautiful thing to also talk with the husbands because, you know, the patriarchy has failed them too. They oh, yeah. have not been empowered. They have not. No. They have been blasted. They have been shamed. They have been told, you know, you can't handle this. This is out of your comfort. This is out of your zone. You know, all of that. So we have to have compassion because all of us have been programmed. Yeah. And these men, you know, like, I I hate using the term alpha male, but like, because it has such a like Republican negative connotation, it's like, that's not what it is. It's like the ability to stand up to authority and say, no, that's, that is not a common thing. We need that more than ever. We need that more than ever. Yeah. Like my husband, (laughs) I'm like, are we going to be invited to Thanksgiving this year or your family? Um, But and it's, and he seems like, he doesn't seem like that right off the bat, but when you talk to him, you're like, whoa, 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 calm down, calm down. Um, but when it comes to like, my husband is so passionate about talking about birth now, it's awesome. Oh. And, and he's just like willing to ask questions, stand up, trust me over the doctor. And, Amen. and that is that is so uncommon. And I actually don't think that's like an alpha male thing. Like you said, it's, it's programming. It is complete social programming to trust the experts rather than your intuition or your partner. Like I would never, I would never follow someone over my husband when it comes to like our family and our choices. Um, yeah, my husband says, Oh, we need to burn our house down. And go to Alaska, I'd be like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) People might think we're insane, but it's, it's, that is what's missing is you don't need to look to outsiders for the answer. It's all within. And you do, that's the work is the, the answers you're going to get before doing all that spiritual work is you can't do this. You're not good enough. How could you, there's no way like, you know, all of those judgments are going to come up but when you really peel away all those judgments you're going to be like why wouldn't I why couldn't I and there's so much potential for healing for the whole family that way because I mean Mm -hmm. if you look back you know for thousands of years the women would be in the tent birthing with the Mm -hmm. female birth attendants the husband the partner the dads are keeping safe right they're tending Mm -hmm. the fire they're keeping the animals away Mm -hmm. so that you can go into your cave and birth this baby And I think within the birth education, it's almost like, it's such like a weird double-edged sword because we're doing all these birth classes, we're doing all these prep classes and trying to kind of get men to become doulas and midwives. It's like, that's not actually what we need. We need them to stand behind us, to hold our hips, to like literally Mm -hmm. hold down the fort so we can do the work. And know we're taken care of. Yes. And it's a learning for them. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've shared like in my, my husband, you know, we did birth center for the first because that felt like less scary than home birth, which that is total bullshit. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know that really. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't 
didn't know all these things. Right. In a hospital birth, we were both kind of blindsided. Um, and then with second, he, you know, he was just so on board. He was just like, whatever you want is happening. And I fully support. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up catching our baby. In oh the my car, gosh. You know? And it was like that with our first, like, I couldn't even imagine that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like in my home and on our bed. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, it's so incredible. And that's like one of the highlights of his life. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, it's, it's really incredible how this work ripples out yeah. to the rest. I have um, a great story of a birth. I was just at like 10 days ago. Um, I love this couple so much. She is so freaking funny. And um, her husband is awesome. And he's, he's really similar to Michael, like gently, gentle spoken, like soft spoken. But once you get them going, like, we'll mm-hmm. bite your face off. Um <laughs> And so he's very similar energy to my husband. And, and I was like, I just want you to know, like my role here is to support you too. Like whatever you need, like if you need to take a breather and go outside, like I got you. And, um, she's laboring. It's really intense. And he comes in and it's just me and the midwife. He comes in and she goes, I love you so much, but like, I I don't know why I don't want you in here. And he's like, okay, I'm not offended. And he kind of laughed Aww. and he said, I'm not offended. And he sat in the living room, kind of like cooked, chopped up fruit for us and just was talking to family members, keeping tabs on her mom. And I was like, I used to be very uncomfortable in those situations as the doula, because I would never want to be seen as taking the man's role, right. but it's really like, that's not what it is. And, um, and it was so funny because as the baby was coming out, I was like, getting here. And, and he came in the moment she came out. And then he said to me after, he's like, I'm very superstitious. She wanted me out. And I respected that because I was like, everything's going well. And she said, stay out. I'm not going to go in and bother her. I was like, damn, that is, that is a man. Yeah. Yeah. It was really beautiful because he was ego is out of the equation. Ego was gone. He was not offended at all. And he was like, she needed me out. And they're very spiritual. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't want to be the one to fuck up the birds. So I stayed totally. out. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm no longer uncomfortable in those situations. Cause I'm like, this is your relationship. Like, this is not my relationship, you know, totally. and yeah. just the ability for men to really know that yes, it is your child and you do have ultimate decision over your child, but the birth is not about just your child. Yeah. You have to let go of what you think is best and be open to what might actually be best. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. Yeah. And it's rad when they, and it's when different it, for everyone. It is. And when the no men right get way. on board, mm-hmm. they're like, again, highlight of their life. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll advocate it for it forever. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And you know, like a kind of a polar opposite, which was just as beautiful. So I wanted to speak to that too, because like, I, I never want anyone to feel like it has to look any one way. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I was working with, a, again, a very spiritual group, a uh, couple, very Kundalini, like seek hardcore, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, free birth. And when I arrived, this was my first time ever. He was mm-hmm. like, thank God you're here. <laughs> I can relax now. And I was like, okay, okay. Just gotta roll with well, that. Well, there is that part too. <laughs> yeah. the Just having another is, person. The doula is such a comfort blanket for the men. Comfort blanket. 
Yeah. And he ended up leaving with their oldest because he was like, we're just going to get a toy because I guess she needed to get out of the energy. And I was like, oh, I got, oh, okay. Wait, okay, so this is when you're at the birth. Yeah. Oh, I'm at the birth. And so um, she was in transition by the time I got there. Anyway, it was a beautiful, it changed my life, this birth. But he was like, we're just going to go. We'll be like five minutes radius from this house. So you just text me anyway, you know? So I text, I was like, okay, baby's coming soon. <laughs> but I was so in mm-hmm. the portal that I wasn't scared because yeah. she trusted her body so much. And I wasn't there to do anything. I wasn't, she didn't want a midwife there. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to deal with there. Mm-hmm. So I was just holding space with her. And um, it was so wild to see what birth, like un mess with birth looks like. Yeah. And um, anyway, I, I just actually, yeah. I just actually talked with the midwives who are at that birth that I just shared about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, by the way, like, I'm going to work with you guys whenever we, I get pregnant again. And I said, my husband is down for pretty much everything except a free birth. Um, and she was like, you know, I obviously she's a midwife, so she's not advocating for a free birth. She's like, I just want to be in that person's driveway. I want them to mm-hmm. have their unassisted. Yeah. Birth, I just want to be, you know, outside the house. Totally. Like, oh my God, I could have that. Like that yes. could be so cool. Totally. And, I told and my she husband, did have that. Yeah. Yeah. She I had someone like on that. the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it like needed. It needed. what if you think, what do you think about the midwife just like chilling in our driveway? And he just didn't answer and walked away. Cause he's like, Oh God, now she wants to do a free birth. He's like, <laughs> so that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I want to do it on my own. And it, And you know that if I'm like, this is how we were with my mom at my first birth. I was like, I don't think I want my mom there, but like, I want to know that she's like nearby. And he's like, I've never known you to need your mom. I was like, that's true. But I said, I don't know if I will. And you know, so my family was just on standby. I didn't end up calling my mom, but I kind of want the midwife to be the same. Like, I want to do this on my own, but I want you to be like outside my house. Totally. I feel like it's a really great thing. I want some safety. Um, And there are times when that is needed. Yes. Um, you know, for sure. And she did have that because she had a relationship with the midwife. And then the midwife was like, you can't just for liability and her comfort level. She's mm-hmm. like, I can't technically be your midwife because we're not doing any of the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but she's like, you call me though, you know, and she did end up going over there later because, um, the placenta wasn't releasing. Oh, so yeah. We needed, you know, we needed yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and she really helped because like we waited a couple hours, you know, and mm-hmm. like, te- you know, tested kind of the time boundary um, and it all ended up working out fine. But yeah, it was yeah, just giving that back to women. And mm-hmm. again, yeah, like I'm the same right now. Like I'm not advocating for neutrality at all. I am yeah. very much advocating for what I believe is right, which is uninterrupted, unmedicated birth. Sure. I believe in midwives and having, you know, appropriate medical attention. I'll, I will call it medical attention because that is what midwives do. Yeah. Their modality is midwifery, but they use, they do blood tests and they use, they listen to the heartbeat, you know, it's all intervention. Um, and I'm, 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 I believe in that, but I want you to, I want these women to just not think they need help. Yeah. Um, and do research and educate yourself because, you know, yeah. even midwifery, like there's such a wide continuum of how midwives mm-hmm. work. Oh yeah. And you really have to connect with what makes sense to you, what who you feel comfortable with, um, who you want in your sphere. Yeah. All of that. All of that. 
And really that is, I mean, if you're not like me where you're just like a very confident person and my confidence has grown like tenfold since having kids, obviously, if you follow me online, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you just, I tell all of my clients, go into this process, the most self-confident you have ever been in your entire life. Like, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? And if you I, aren't, do the work to get there. Do the work. If you're living in a world of what if something goes wrong, I'm going to tell you right now, something's going to go wrong. Yeah. So why would you think that? Yeah. Change it. Do the work. Let go of that fear because it doesn't serve you at all. And it will much more likely uh, not serve you in labor. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of that goes into your postpartum mm-hmm. and then all of that goes into your motherhood. Yes. You so it all question yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk for days. Days. So I, I did ask the community for a couple. Oh of yeah. Questions. I was curious. <laughs> um, thoughts on vasectomies. Oh, great question. question. Um, I'm like, I am personally against vasectomies. Um, and here's why. So I was on, I was never consistently on birth control. I would go on birth control here and there. Like if I was dating someone basically, mm-hmm. um, and then I'd go off cause I'm freaking lazy and terrible at taking medication. And when Michael and I got really serious, I was like, okay, I'm going to go on, get an IUD. I was like, I have like one more month on my parents' health insurance. I'm going to go do that now. Um, mm-hmm. That was really the only reason why I did it. Cause I was like, I am on my parents' health insurance and he laughs. He's like, Jesus Christ, you're young. Um, (laughs) but, um, I had a horrible experience on the IUD and it wasn't even anywhere near as bad as some other women. It was just this something telling me a voice telling me, get the foreign object out of your body. I didn't really have any bad reactions other than cystic acne. I got lots of acne along my job. Which one were you on? Which one did you have? Um, I want to say Marina. No, no, I did a hormonal. Um, so then I got off birth control about 10 months before we started trying for a baby and, um, thank God really had no issues getting pregnant. And I told him, I was like, just FYI, like, I'm never going on birth control again. He's like, good. Like why? Like I'm, and we had learned about birth control together. He's like, I'm so glad you would like, I would never want you to do that. And he goes, by the way, I'm never getting a vasectomy. I was like, what? I was like, bro, come on. Yeah, of course you are. He was like, I'm never getting a vasectomy. And I was like, you're going to change your mind. You're going to change your mind. He's like, no, I'm never. And I was like, that is so unfair. You know, like we have to do all the work to like, make sure we don't get pregnant. Come on. Like once we're done having babies, just it's it's no big deal. And then, you know, of course being in the more uh, holistic, like fringe holistic world of reproductive health, like I would never ask a man to do that. Knowing what I know now um, it is pretty low risk, but the real question is like for us at least, and this might be unpopular is like reproductive responsibility. Mm. You know, like my husband and I are not going to get an abortion if we get pregnant after we're done having kids, quote unquote. Like if we're right now, we're saying we're done at three. If I got pregnant with a fourth or a fifth or a sixth, I 
we would keep those children. Like that was something we decided when we got together. Like if I ever get pregnant, we're not aborting babies. Um, and so for us, it's much more about like reproductive responsibility as adults. Again, that like, it's not even like a purity thing at all. It's really just like, why? Like, why would we do that? So you can just have crazy drunk sex whenever you want. Like, we're not doing that, you know? So for us, it's like, I am taking responsibility of my body by charting my cycle. And we are not having unprotected sex when I am in my fertile window. If something goes awry and I get pregnant, we are keeping that baby. Um, And that's, that's just been our conversation. And so it's funny when I think about, he was like, Emily, I would never ask you to go on birth control. Like, so obviously I expect you to never ask me to get the vasectomy. I was like, that's actually fair. Yeah. Um, well, I like showing differences. So I'm going to, can I share mine? I'm going to share please, mine yeah. because we're opposite. Yeah. And I think this is what's so beautiful about having conversation Yeah. is we never try, quote unquote tried to get pregnant. We got pregnant immediately with two. My husband's also 17 years older than me. So we were like, oh, it's going to love that. We know. have that in common. I know it's like, <laughs> oh, it's, this could take years. Nope. So like just karmically, we feel extremely fertile just like, well, so do we. So, and I was a one and done. Like I was one and done, 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 so done, done, done. And then got pregnant with Goldie. So, I mean, it's a long, interesting story, but had her so grateful. We had her like completed our family. And I fully know in every cell of my body that I am not meant to ever be pregnant again or birth another baby. Like Mm -hmm. It is a soul recognition with me that I'm just like done. And so we didn't even have a conversation. Dave was just like, I'm getting a vasectomy because we were like, we are fertile as fuck. And (laughs) neither one of us want another child. Like it will not be good. It will not be good for our family. Like we just knew that, like we just know what we can handle and can't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he got it and he got like, you know, kind of paid out of pocket, which is a blessing Mm -hmm. to get the like better option one that's like way more efficient and quick and whatever so um you know knock on wood but i mean i do think like anything that you do that changes your biology there's risk absolutely there might be side effects and like you have to weigh that and own that for yourself and like for us it made sense so anyway i just i really like having that discussion yeah like anything like we all have those different things that we're like over my dead body. Will I do yes, that? You know? Yes. And like, we should all be able to do that first. Yes. And that's why I said, personally, I personally yeah, disagree totally. with this. I yeah. 1000% like respect that decision. And it's so yeah. funny. Yeah. That, that's my husband's hell no. Like he was like, this is where his alpha male comes out. He's like, no one's cutting my fucking balls. I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's valid. I know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I would actually never ask you to do that if that's not something I was you want like to relieved because I was like, I don't want to mess with my parts. Yeah. And so I also really know I don't want to get pregnant again. And I also don't want to get an abortion. So yeah. like, I don't know. It just, it makes but, perfect you know, sense. It makes I perfect hope, sense. Yeah. And see, that's where you and I are different. And that's why Michael and I are aligned is because like, if I had six kids, we would be okay. And you're like, yeah. hell no. Hell yeah. to the now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I like great question. Yeah. I love that question. Yeah. Um, another one is, um, oh, did you personally see any people pregnant with the Rona? And if so, 
treatments for that. Oh, oh yes. Lots. Yeah. Okay. And by saying lots, I'm saying like multiple handfuls of people I know, uh, had it when they were pregnant and, um, almost everyone I know did, um, tons of vitamin C, vitamin D, quercetin, um, just like the usual, the, the usual. usual. Yeah. Um, okay. shoot. What's that called? You like inhale. It makes water like gas. Oh, the nebulizer. Nebulizer. Yeah. Nebulizing, um, hydrogen peroxide and water and iodine. And, um, mm-hmm. a couple of people took the IVM one, mm-hmm. um, and ha- they were fine. Every single person I know who had it, um, got over it real quick and was just fine. Great. Yeah. Thank you. All unvaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's actually all the main ones I want to ask. Nice. Um, I guess, you know, we'll wrap cause this is a long one. Um, is there anything that you would just like to underscore to women listening, maybe women that are wanting to get pregnant or pregnant? Oh yeah. They go on this journey. Um, I mean, I don't think McLean, like McLean and I knowing what we know about like doing the work, I almost hate that term, um, because it's like so cliche these days, but like your nervous system is truly everything when it comes to your ability to conceive your ability to surrender in birth and your ability to mother. If you are unable to connect to your nervous system, like you're in fight or flight, or you have high anxiety or are prone to depression, things like that, like sure, you might get pregnant and have a fine birth and have a motherhood, but like, what if it could be so much better? And I'm telling you, it can't, you have to do everything in your power to connect to your nervous system. And I know that might be hard for people to understand who are in those flight or flight states, like stress response states, but like it, when you see people post online about like barefoot in the grass and sun on my face and you know, salt water in my hair. It's like, it sounds super stupid from a surface level, but it is very real. Like you have to connect to nature, to source, to sun, to God. Um, because your literal life depends on your ability to downregulate your nervous system. And it serves you so well in the motherhood transition. Amen. Doing the work really means, yes, really means like not blocking that, that intuition. And when you are in a stress response, you're, you don't have in helpful intuition. You are in fight or flight and afraid. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. You can do all of the, all the things, but if you are in an environment or looped in your own psyche and nervous system in mm-hmm. flight, it is so challenging. And not to say you can't kind of fingernail your way out, but it's, you have so much more capacity to yes. be vibrant and thriving than that. Mm-hmm. And we like, all deserve that. Yes. And it is a daily practice, but you have daily, to start daily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful. And that is what yeah. serves us through motherhood. And you, you know, that's a beautiful thing. It's like, if you need shit done, ask a mom, right? Because mm-hmm. we know how to get so much done in five minutes because yeah. we, we've been trained. We have to. Yeah. I want to write that blog. Get it done now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. so I love that. And yeah. Uh, 
we'll, we'll talk again because yes. there's just so much to share, but thank you for sharing all your wisdom. How can people find you? What are your offers right now? Yes. Tell us the deets. I am on Instagram at Emily Stanwick and, um, that's pretty much where I live. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I have a website, but it's not, it, it sucks. Um, it serves its function, Yeah. but I am teaching a birth education course on zoom in May. We are going to meet every Thursday night for an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, um, for four weeks. And if you like what you heard on the podcast, I really take all of what we talked about here and into a very concise four week series on, birth education, medication education. So all of the interventions, um, down-regulating your nervous system. That is my favorite class. I do a whole, whole section on polyvagal theory and how to down-regulate your nervous system in birth and newborn interventions. And then obviously the stages of labor, hiring a birth team, et cetera, et cetera. So that's happening in May. Love that. Yeah. And then I am actually teaching I have a doula training and mentorship program. And again, I'll make this really concise, but um, I wanted to teach people. People would ask me, where did you become a doula? And I would say beanie birth. And I'm like, why am I referring people to beanie birth? No offense. I loved it, but I don't know what they're talking about these days. I don't know like how woke their culture is. that's, That's not me anymore. And I want to be able to train doulas how I doula. So I create, I made up a doula training course. Um, And I am doing that in June. So if you want to be a doula, again, that's going to be on Zoom. We meet every two weeks for three months and then once a quarter for the remaining nine months of the year. So it's a year long mentorship program. Um, It is friggin' rad. I did my first one in January and it was amazing. I already have a couple women ready for June. So I'll do it June and January of every year. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's... And it, you know, something that should be underlined is like, cause Beanie is great. You know, it's the kind of the first in the game. Mm-hmm. It's also a weekend, you yes, know, like all weekend. of this work is lifelong. This mm-hmm. work, we, we change the journey changes everything. So like, if you're becoming a doula, just know there's one, there's no one stop shop. It's like, no. you continue to learn forever, for your entire life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why I wanted to do a year long mentorship because yeah, exactly. that's exactly how I felt. Like I had Lindsay as a mentor when I was a doula and doulas don't really get that unless you just yeah. have one. Yeah. So I wanted to be that mentor for new doulas. That's beautiful. Which is so awesome. Love it. Yay. This was amazing. Well, thank you so much. I love you. Sister. Love you too. And I want to come visit you in Texas soon. Anytime. And then when I'm in Tennessee, we're like driving distance. I know. So excited for that. I know. Well, thank you for shining your light and speaking your truth and being so strong and brave. Thank you. This was so awesome. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Have a great day. Jema.